Welcome to the Naked Wellness Podcast. As a qualified nutritionist, I'm here to strip away the nonsense and get down to the bare essentials of nutrition and wellness. Join us as we debunk myths, chat with top-notch experts, and serve up practical tips that will leave you feeling empowered. Get ready to uncover the naked truth about living your healthiest life. Let's undress. Welcome back to the Naked Wellness Podcast. I am so excited because today I have Rachel Doyle with me. Rachel is a functional gut health dietitian who has actually been on her own journey of healing gut, her gut from digestive issues. And now Rachel helps so many other incredible people to find their own root cause to heal their gut and just find that relief from their digestive issues, which is just absolutely incredible. So welcome, Rachel. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, this is going to be such an incredible conversation. Did you want to start off with telling us a little bit about yourself and your own journey that you have actually been on? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a registered dietitian based in Chicago, um, and I have a virtual private practice that focuses on functional nutrition and gut health. And as for my own health journey, a lot of my health issues really revved up right before and then during grad school, probably due to all the increased stress that was happening in my life at that time. Um, I dealt with all kinds of things like fatigue, migraines, low blood sugar, um, iron deficiency, eczema, and then all kinds Mm -hmm. of digestive issues too, like loose stools and other things of that nature. And At the time, I had no idea that all those different symptoms could be related to my gut health, but it turns out they definitely were. So my first introduction to functional medicine happened when I personally went to see a naturopathic doctor to address some of those health concerns. And I just loved learning more about the functional lab testing and how intricately connected everything is within the body um and all of the work I did with that with that doctor and some further work with myself just helped so much with my own symptoms and after finishing the program and becoming a dietitian I did some further training in functional lab testing so that I could incorporate that into my practice and there was one test that was like a really big game changer for me which was the GI map stool test. And that allowed me to take a look at what was going on in my gut and then use specific supplements and nutrition and lifestyle changes and to correct some of those imbalances and finally start feeling better. So, yeah. Wow. What a journey. And it's, I always find it so interesting when dietitians, nutritionists, naturopaths have been through their own journey in a specific area of health and now that is what they specialize in because it just allows you to have this different connection with your own clients as well because you actually understand what they are feeling when they're going through their own healing process and obviously you it means you're so passionate about it as well which is awesome and I think a key thing that you mentioned as well of the increased stress and the impact that that actually had on your body and I in today's day and world that we live in we overlook stress so easily because we all living such stressful lives already where it's go 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 we're always ticking the next thing off our to-do list or achieving the next goal that we forget that it actually has such 
a huge impact on our bodies, on our health, like on your gut health, digestive, all of that sort of stuff. So I love that, you know, you became aware that that was a contributing factor to everything. Yeah, absolutely. And I see it in so many of my clients too, where chronic stress is so often one of the major root causes of all these different physical symptoms because all that stress on your body, it really does manifest in physical symptoms as well. And so stress is such a big thing for us to work on. For sure. And so what would you say are some of the most common digestive issues that people do experience? Yeah, so I see people for lots of different ones, acid reflux, heartburn are some of the major ones I see. And then farther down the digestive tract, things like bloating, constipation or diarrhea, just general indigestion, abdominal pains. Um, those are some of the common digestive symptoms, but then I'll also see a lot of things like skin stuff, like acne or eczema, hormone problems, anxiety, fatigue, brain fog, difficulty losing weight. All those things can be tied back to the gut as well. And so I see a lot of those different symptoms together in people. Yeah. And it's so interesting because the gut is like the second brain. Right? Like it is such a core thing in your body that can cause so many different, like all of those things that you just list, listed, so many different signs and symptoms and digestive issues and how they can manifest and play out in different ways. For an example, your eczema and skin health. I think for so many people, it's so easy to overlook that than being like, oh, this actually could be stemming right from my gut health and how that is actually working as well. And I know that you just touched on hormones and the impact that can have. I would love for you to touch on the link between gut health and hormonal imbalances. Yeah, definitely. So we see a lot of connections between the gut and hormonal stuff. So I will also see a lot of clients who are having different hormonal symptoms like PMS, period problems, PCOS, all kinds of things like that. And there's such a link. And lots of times people will want to jump to saying like, oh, I have a hormone imbalance. I need to balance my hormones and want to figure it out from that way. And I also do hormone testing. And sometimes that is kind of, you know, the thing to work on. But I find so much more often if we look at the gut first and we address the issues in the gut, whatever those imbalances or overgrowths or whatever might be in the gut, so often the hormone problems start to resolve as well. If we work on the gut stuff and also lots of times the stress like we were talking about too, it ends up helping to balance those hormones because the gut is a place where we are obviously digesting our food, right? But we're also extracting nutrients from the foods that we eat in the gut. And that's the way that it gets absorbed into the body so nutrients that we need in order to build hormones for hormone signaling for all that to run smoothly so much of that is beginning in the gut so it's really such an important part for hormone health too so interesting and so for somebody who is maybe feeling like they do need to balance their hormones and want to maybe look at starting to implement a few things to help their gut health first. Obviously, everyone's journey is so different. And I understand that it's probably so individualized, but are there just some general things that people could start to do to 
fix or heal their gut in a way that's going to link to the hormone imbalances or reduce the stress in their life that could also impact that? Yeah, definitely. So like you said, I definitely want to stress that it's individualized. Each person is, you know, there's specific things we do, but there are also some basic foundations that I work on with pretty much everybody. So I think that's really the best place to start because sometimes with those foundations, you can see like a huge change without having to even do supplements or do extra things, just doing some of those basics. So some of those things, starting with food, yeah, a big one to focus on is balanced meals. So making sure you're getting good amounts of protein, fiber, and fat at all your meals. That helps keep your blood sugar levels steady. And blood sugar is so linked to metabolism, which is, of course, very linked to your hormonal health as well. So that is always where I start with people getting a good balance, eating regular meals throughout the day, not skipping meals and, you know, kind of keeping on that good blood sugar balance schedule is a big first start. And then another major thing for gut health is making sure you're getting enough fiber, getting those prebiotic foods, um, because that's what feeds your good gut bugs and helps keep the balance in the gut and a healthy, happy gut. Um, probiotic foods can be helpful for that too. And then another big thing is the stress, like we talked about. So managing your stress, noticing where are stressors coming in, in your life. So I like to think of it as, or I use this analogy, it's like you have a stress bucket and there's so many things that go into the bucket, right? Stressors, like we all think of stress and we think work stress or mm -hmm. emotional stress from relationships, things like that. And that definitely goes in the bucket. But there's other things too. So physical stressors like not eating enough food or over-exercising, working out too hard every day, or having gut imbalances or other imbalances in the body, having inflammation in the body adds to the stress bucket. Um, even just all the little day-to-day -day things like constantly getting notifications from our phone or being in traffic or just the world we live in adds to that bucket. So when the stress bucket gets too full and starts to overflow, that's when we start to see symptoms mm -hmm. and our body is calling out to us, letting us know that it needs some help. And so there are kind of two major ways that you can help to drain the bucket or lower the load that's in the bucket. And one is addressing the stressors that are coming in. So looking at what are some of these stressors I can cut out? Where can I set boundaries in my life mm. to have less stress coming in in the first place? And then the next place, the next thing you can do is help to drain that bucket with stress management practices. So this again can be unique to each person, but things that calm your nervous system like meditation or breath work or yoga or nature, like there's lots of different ways, right? To help bring that stress down and calm the nervous system. But um, I kind of went off on a tangent there, but <laughs> working on stress is another big one. And then one more thing I want to mention too, that's really foundational for your gut health and hormone health is going to be minerals. So I see that a lot of people are lacking in some of the basic like macro minerals like potassium, sodium, magnesium. So working on getting more of those 
in your diet or sometimes with supplements is usually is something that really like helps to move the needle too in terms of symptoms it's so interesting all of that and you're so right with those stresses it's the little things that we don't even think about that you could just start to change putting your phone away an hour or two before you actually go to bed not scrolling in bed not looking at your phone first thing in the morning just those small things that we do so naturally that are actually increasing all of that stress in our life and then the minerals as well is such an important one because it's again things that are so easily just overlooked because for a lot of people when they start to get you know the bloating or some of the other symptoms and digestive issues that you mentioned earlier I think it's such an easy thing to go towards okay well I need to eat less move more I need to you know just focus on the diet and the exercise and forget to look at all of the other factors that could actually be contributing to what your body is going through Obviously, you have mentioned that this journey is so different to each individual. And let's say there is somebody who has started to have balanced meals, eat more probiotic foods, reduce the stress in their life, do all of these things. And they're like, I'm still not seeing any results or I'm still experiencing all of these digestive issues. How do you then actually dig deeper to understand that own individual's underlying causes of their digestive issues? Yeah, great question. So in working with a client one-on-one, I always start with kind of a deep dive initial session where we have, it's usually like a 90 minute session. We spend a lot of time diving into like their health history, all their symptoms, you know, any medications or supplements they're taking, their lifestyle, their day-to-day, just kind of get a really good background. So I always start there and that helps me customize, decide what kind of testing is going to be best. So then from there, we will do different functional lab tests. So I know I mentioned in the beginning, the GI map stool test, which is a really good one for looking at what's going on in the gut. We can look at levels of different strains of bacteria, any kind of like infections in there, overgrowths, um, digestive function, all kinds of things which really helps me to customize it. So then we can look at like, okay, whatever we find on the test, now we know what more specific supplements might help you. Maybe what, or there's any specific foods we might want to add in trying to get more of certain nutrients or things like that. Um, And beyond the GI map, I also do a lot of different tests, but some of the other major ones I'll do is like, the HTMA, which is a hair tissue mineral test. So that looks at your levels of a bunch of different minerals and it shows how the body has been reacting to stress. So that's a really big one for helping people see kind of how stressed out they are and how their body has been reacting to it. And then we can work on, you know, specific minerals, specific foods, maybe supplements that they need more of. So those are some of the major ones that I will focus on with a client. And so that helps us kind of dig in and figure out more of what their specific root cause is. Um, Yeah. And then we will work together on staying consistent and, you know, getting those habits in place and, and we'll troubleshoot. So sometimes we might try a supplement and it works for one person, but somebody else it doesn't work for. So Mm -hmm. then we might back off on that and try something else. So, I really work together with them and we make sure that 
the plan we've put in place um, is sitting well with their body. Yeah, I love that because with any health journey, I feel like there is that tiny little bit of trial and error in the sense of making it fit for that individual because everyone's life experiences that have got them to where they are today, their current life, their current body is so different to everyone else's and whatever health journey you go on you want it to be one where you're actually working with your lifestyle and with your individual body not against it and this is where you know a lot of those generic diets or programs that address so many different people can be so detrimental because they are trying to get you to morph your lifestyle and your body into something that they've just given out to hundreds of people which is a giant red flag for it being unsustainable, unmaintainable, leading to like more issues. And the amount of clients that I have seen that have done generic programs, whether it's like the keto diet or intermittent fasting or whatever it is, right? It's actually caused more issues than done any good for them. So I think it's so important that you we understand and everyone listening to this understands that whatever health journey you're going to go on to make sure that you have that individualized support accountability and guidance to actually work out how it's going to work for you individually yeah i agree 100 percent that some of those lots of the different things in the diet industry and things like that can just cause so much more harm than good and a lot of the clients i see come to me having tried, you know, a lot of different diets, a lot of different eliminations, or like you mentioned, keto, intermittent fasting, all the, you know, whatever the hot diet of the moment is, and it made their digestive symptoms worse. Maybe it got better for a little bit, but then it ended up even worse. So yeah, it's so important to, to customize it to each person. For sure. You've spoken a lot about stress and how stress can impact gut health, hormonal imbalances. I would love for you to touch on how disordered eating behaviors, the link with stress and the link with gut health and hormonal imbalances as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that, you know, disordered eating and stress can kind of be a chicken or the egg type situation where it's like disordered eating behaviors can cause more stress and then stress can also trigger disordered eating right so if someone is experiencing some emotional eating so maybe they eat emotionally when they feel stressed they eat or they have a binge episode something like that but also i think it goes the other way too that this disordered eating whether it's like a binge restrict cycle or just lots of restrictive diets whatever kind of disordered eating it may be, that puts so much stress on the body physically and it stresses you out mentally and emotionally because it's very taxing. And so I like to come at it with clients from a very gentle way. So we're always working on what foods can we add in? How can we work on nourishing you, nourishing your body and working on lowering those stress levels mm -hmm. as well. And then really always digging into that root cause too. Like, where is this coming from? Where did the disordered eating behaviors stem from in the first place? So we wanna go back to the beginning. When did this start? Why did this start? And work on it from that place instead of 
you know, slapping a Band-Aid on it, like another diet or something along those lines. Love that you said you look at how you can add in to the diet and have that really gentle approach to it. Because if you are coming from a place where you currently have disordered eating behaviors or you have had an experience with disordered eating behaviors, when you start something where it's like you have to restrict and remove X, Y, Z, it can be so triggering to the disordered eating behaviors or the previous disordered eating behaviors. And it's really, really important that even if you are going on a journey where you are wanting to heal with your gut health, that you find somebody that actually understands that disordered eating or disordered eating behaviors or a bad relationship with food is so important to be addressed within this journey and to actually have that gentle approach to it so that you don't end up having a worse relationship with yourself or with food and not going on something that is going to be extra restrictive as well. I love how you address that. And I think it's important to just highlight as well the link between disordered eating and gut health and how a lot of the time they can go hand in hand. Yeah, absolutely. And just to touch on the like elimination diet a little bit more, I think some of the major ones I see in the gut health world will be the low FODMAP diet and like AIP or autoimmune protocol. Those are some of the big ones that I'll see, you know, people have tried, but sometimes someone might, you know, have IBS or digestive issues and they go to their doctor and their doctor gives them a handout for like the low FODMAP diet, for instance. And then someone might be following this diet for years or like trying to follow it for a really long time. And that's not the intention. Like it's supposed to be a short-term diet to help figure out if some of these specific foods are causing issues. And then maybe you find a couple foods that you pull out longer term because there's something specific that's bothering you. You are not supposed to stay on it long term, but I find that I have some clients come to me who have been on it for years or a really long time. And that can be so detrimental. It makes your gut health worse. It actually lowers the diversity in your gut and makes your gut health worse off than it was before you started it. And so often, you know, food is, is not the problem. Like if food is not the root cause and having a bunch of food sensitivities is really more a symptom than it is the root cause. And so I don't really use elimination diets. I work on getting people off of them instead. And it's, it's tough to see people who have been trying to follow these, which are so hard to follow. Mm -hmm. And that brings more stress in too. So Absolutely. And when the doctors hand them out, they hand them out with absolutely no guidance whatsoever. It's like, here you go, you're out on your own. And they are not an easy thing to try and navigate your way through. So it's so important to get that more individualized approach and somebody who understands where you're actually coming from. Like any health journey, there is always challenges that pop up and maybe even some setbacks. So how do you help individuals navigate their way through those challenges and the setbacks during their journey of actually healing their gut and overcoming the digestive issues? Mm -hmm. So yeah, there are always setbacks. It's rare that, you know, I have a client where it's just a straight journey and nothing comes up. Right. So I, help them get through these challenges by really listening to them because you know your body best, right? Everybody knows their own body best. And so listening 
and also letting them know that setbacks are common. Like healing is not a linear process. It's not just you hop on and you go up, it's a straight line. So there are ups and downs and letting them know that that's normal. Mm -hmm. And then we'll work together, you know, on making sure they're staying consistent with all those different foundational health and nutrition habits. And then I'll go ahead and adjust their recommendations. So we might adjust their supplements or try some different nutrition things or other habits to help get them back on track, making progress. And, you know, that kind of goes back to like we were talking about before that we're each of us are unique and the same things don't work for everyone. So there's going to be some trial and error. And I support clients through it with our regular coaching sessions. We get to talk about stuff. And then between sessions, they can send me messages and, you know, I'll help them work through any challenges coming up. Yeah. Well, if it was easy and linear, none of us would need to go on the journey to start with. So it's, yeah, it's important to know that no matter what journey you're going on, there's always going to be those challenges. And again, why having that extra support there actually helps you progress on the journey so much quicker as well, because you have an expert, you have somebody who can guide you, hold you accountable, but also offer you that support that you might not be able to get in other or from other people in your life, which is really, really important to healing. Absolutely. Yeah, it's huge. And that way, when you when you work with someone else, yes, you have the expert, the professional, mm -hmm. and you also just have somebody in your corner, right? Yeah. And someone to like bounce things off of so that you're like, not second guessing yourself as much and trusting the process and knowing like, okay, let me keep going through this. Let me stay consistent and trusting that it's going to work if you keep, keep working through it. Yeah, absolutely. I would love for us to bust some of the most common myths that you do hear about gut health. And whilst you've been talking about a few things, one has kind of popped up in my head that I hear from a lot of people. And this is to do with coffee, coffee first thing in the morning, coffee on an empty stomach, coffee before a meal. What what is the truth about coffee and its impact on gut health? Yeah, I love that you brought that up because Coffee is something I discuss with like almost all of my clients. It comes up all the time. So many people think of coffee as breakfast. It's like they get up, first thing they do is make their coffee and drink it. Then maybe they head to work or they're getting their kids ready for school or whatever. And they haven't even thought about breakfast. And I, so I'm not, I'm not like you can't drink coffee. Coffee's fine. You know, we work that in. Sometimes we will remove it temporarily, especially with some of my acid reflux clients, because mm -hmm. it can be a big trigger. So we might pull it out for a while and then test it back in later on once things calm down. But in general, I'm not taking it away. <laughs> you know, people will be like, don't take away my coffee. <laughs> but I was like, I'm not going to. The big thing for me and that I found that really helps with so many of the gut symptoms, as well as like anxiety and stuff like that, is don't have coffee on an empty stomach. So when you wake up first thing in the morning, and you drink coffee, that caffeine spikes up your cortisol levels. So cortisol is one of our stress hormones, and your cortisol levels spike up, that's going to raise your blood sugar, puts you on a blood sugar roller coaster. <laughs> which is just, you'll be on it the whole rest of the day, pretty much. 
Um, and you already have higher cortisol levels first thing in the morning when you first wake up. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what like gets you out of bed, gets you moving because, um, you know, and you've been sleeping all night, haven't eaten, you've kind of been fasting. So I always recommend eating something before coffee or with it, preferably like a full breakfast with protein and carbs and fat. But some people might not feel hungry yet. And so I say at least have a snack with like some carbs and protein. If you want to have it kind of with your coffee, that's okay. Or before is even better. But just something to get in there before the coffee so that you don't have that big spike in cortisol. So, yeah. (laughs) I love that answer. Few questions on top of that as well is what about decaf coffee and what about those who work out first thing in the morning as well and have maybe gotten used to using the coffee or pre-workout to get them through that workout would you recommend getting up earlier and and still having something to eat and is decaf a good substitute or is that because it still has small amounts of caffeine does that still have the same sort of impact yeah so i think that decaf on an empty stomach can be fine. Like you said, there is a little bit of caffeine. So pay attention to how it makes you feel. Um, But I would still say I always recommend for most people to try to eat breakfast or at least a little some kind of snack with protein and carbs, if you can't do a full breakfast within like an hour of waking up and getting out of bed, because that really sets up your metabolism for the day helps balance your blood sugar for the day. And so if you are someone who likes to work out first thing in the morning, that's great. But I would try to get away from using the coffee or the pre-workout for the energy and ask yourself, why don't I have enough energy on my own to work out? Maybe you didn't get enough sleep. So if you're someone who's like, it doesn't matter what time I went to bed, I'm getting up at 6 a.m. and I'm doing this workout. Honestly, if you're get say you're only getting like four or five hours of sleep and you're pushing mm-hmm. through that workout and you need that caffeine to get through it, that's going to be so much worse for your body than if you just got that extra sleep and then honestly skipped the workout that day because say you went to bed late or something. So I personally recommend, and I've seen that, you know, with working with a lot of people that this works best to eat something before you work out. And if you want to work out first thing in the morning, I think that's awesome, but I would allow enough time to at least have a snack. And that can be, it could be something simple like a banana and some nut butter or, you know, a a smoothie or something, something small. It doesn't have to be huge, but I think getting something in to help fuel your workout instead of like caffeine, which is falsely fueling you it's not really giving you Mm. that energy love love that answer so much because you're so right and it's just the the little things that you were saying of you know it's better for you to actually get that sleep than to push through that workout because in a lot of people's mind they probably think the workout is essential for their health but it's putting your body under that extra stress especially if you haven't got an adequate amount of sleep your body's already you know, struggling and that workout could be doing more harm than actually any good. It's the same when I talk to a lot of my clients as well, you know, if they struggle with having dessert, for example, because it it just consumes them with guilt and stress and all of these things, you know, that stress 
is almost worse for your body than actually eating the cookie in the first place. And so it's so important that we peel back these layers of this onion that we all have on our health journey. And like you said, get to that root of what are the underlying factors that we actually need to address rather than just looking at the surface level of everything. Totally. Yeah, I totally agree. So cool. What are some other common myths that you do hear about gut health? Yeah, so some one that I always touch on, and we already talked about this, but I just want to mention it because it's one of the major myths I hear, and that is eliminating a lot of foods is mm. the answer or like going on an elimination diet. So we already talked a bunch about that, but that's honestly one of the biggest ones that I see. And then another common myth about gut health would be following like a random supplement protocol and that that will fix your gut. So we see on Instagram or other places online, or maybe hear from a friend like, Ooh, take this probiotic. It's going to fix all your problems. Or like this influencer is pushing a certain supplement that's going to just fix your gut. And that pretty much never works. Right. So supplements can be super helpful love them. I use them all the time with clients. But like we've talked so much about today, it's unique to each person and for which specific supplements to use. And also a supplement is is just that. It's supplemental to everything else you're doing, to having a healthy balanced diet, to all these different lifestyle factors, the sleep, the exercise, the stress management. If you don't have all those foundations in place, the supplements aren't going to make a big difference. Mm, For sure. It's just so easy to get so influenced by social media and what's being pushed out, especially when people say, this is what I was like before. And this is what I'm like after taking the supplements. It gives you false hope. But like we've said so many times today, the journeys are so individualized and what works for one person might not actually work for you. And a lot of the supplements or the things that influence are pushing out could literally just be a Band-Aid fix, which means that nothing, no root issues or causes are actually getting addressed, which means it's just going to keep circling back around and it's going to be like this revolving door that just won't actually stop spitting. Yeah, absolutely. Which can be so frustrating and tough. And, you know, then maybe you find another supplement or diet or something and you're like this is the one I've got hope again and you know it's it's just not the answer no and it's expensive it's expensive to continuously jump from thing to thing and supplement to supplement it's just it's insane absolutely and so Mm -hmm. I have some quick fire questions for you are you ready for these sure let's go (laughs) what is one thing that you must do every morning to set your day up okay so I take some time to do something for myself before looking at my phone or computer. And honestly, it's not the exact same thing every day. It could be meditation, yoga, journaling, Mm -hmm. a walk outside, but it's one of my kind of non-negotiables that I do something to center myself before I get on the electronics or get my day going. Yeah, I think that's so important. That's something that I've definitely been trying to implement recently as well. it's so hard once you've gotten into a habit of like picking up your phone first thing to you know actually mm-hmm. leave the room do some journaling some stretching something like that it's it's 
really interesting because it's almost like you have this addiction to like checking it and seeing what's on there and what has popped up overnight but it's an absolute game changer when you do get into the habit of not looking at it so I love that that is one thing that you implement every morning yeah it is a game changer and so one thing I do is I leave my phone outside the bedroom Mm -hmm. so I leave it out in another room plugged in on the charger and that helps me to be like okay I get up I get out of bed I go to a different room do my meditation or whatever else and then I can go to my phone or my computer but yeah putting it in a different room is is a good way to perfect (laughs) I love that that. I'm gonna have to try that one (laughs) what is one thing that everyone can do every day to improve their life get outside and get some sunlight sunlight Mm. is so powerful for a lot of different processes in the body it's so good for us couldn't agree more what is your favorite quote and why Okay. There are only two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle. And the other is as though everything is a miracle. And I like this quote because it shows that we always have a choice in how we react to things that happen in our lives. And that's what you have control over and your mindset about like any given situation can completely change your life just from the way that you look at things. I love that. That is, it's so, it's so important to shift your perspective on different things that are happening in your life. And if you can kind of go through your life, changing the way that your mind thinks and seeing more positives or gratitude towards yourself or towards other things, it just, it can change your mood. It can change the way that your day flows. It can change the people that you attract into your life. Like it has such a huge ripple effect. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, one question that I love to ask all my podcast guests is in the distant future, when you're looking back at your life, what do you think will be your biggest achievement or one thing that you'll be most proud of? And now this could be something that you've actually already done, or it could also be something that you're hoping to do in the future. Awesome. So I think my biggest accomplishment will be the impact I'm able to make. So Mm -hmm how many all the people that I can help heal and really help feel empowered to take the best possible care of themselves while still enjoying and loving their lives and so that is something I've already been able to do with a lot of people and I look forward to being able to grow that and continue doing it absolutely the impact they are having on so many other amazing people's lives is just absolutely incredible. Did you want to tell the audience if you have anything exciting coming up for them and where can the listeners actually go to find you? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at happygut.nutritionist. And from there you can find all my other things like my website and all my links, all that good stuff. So that's a great place to find me and what's going on right now so i'm currently pregnant and expecting my first baby in december so So, exciting yeah thanks so much and so i will be going on maternity leave Mm -hmm. soon and taking a break from working with individual clients but um in the meantime while i'm on that break there are a couple great ways like a couple great things to check out where you can still experience my services. So I have a 14 day gut reset challenge and there's the link to that in my Instagram Mm -hmm. bio. I'll also share the link with you if you wanna put it in the notes. And so 
that is both these offers I'll talk about are free and it's just a great way, great place for you to start with your gut health. And then the other thing I have is a gut health focused theta breathwork session. So I'm also a theta breathwork coach. And so I have, I created a free session focused on gut health that you can try as well. So those are some great things to check out. Wow, that's so cool. And so many different places for different people to start, which is awesome. And I will put all of the links in the show notes so that everyone has easy access to go and check you out, test all of these things that you mentioned and just follow along because you also share a lot of educational, helpful resources on your Instagram as well. So definitely a great place for everybody just to go and follow along if they are interested or wanting to heal their own gut as well, which is amazing. But thank you so much, Rachel, for coming on and sharing everything that you have with us. It's been a very insightful conversation today. And I'm sure the listeners are going to be walking away having so many aha moments or having some myths busted that they thought. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Michaela. It's been fun chatting. What an amazing episode today with Rachel. I always find it so interesting to dig deeper in different areas of our health, especially gut health. If you currently know somebody who is experiencing gut health problems or digestive issues, then definitely send them this podcast episode. I would love to chat further with you about this episode. So just head over to my Instagram, which is KJ Wellness with three S's. Send me a DM because as always, I absolutely love connecting with every single one of you, but I will talk to you in the next episode very soon. Until then, you take care. Bye.